You are listening to the Permission to Burn Your Manual podcast. I am your host, Kathy Whaley, MD, physician and life coach. Do you want to live the life you choose? A life that is by design rather than by default? Well, that path to the life you choose is uniquely yours, and it's filled with limitless potential. So join me and burn your manual. This book that defines our expectations of self, but also holds us back. Together, we will forge, innovate, and refine as we go along. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode six of the Permission to Burn Your Manual podcast. Today, we are going to talk all things perfectionism. And in order to do that, we have to discuss where our thoughts and beliefs originate. I feel like we've done this in the past already, but I am going to offer this in a slightly different way. So we've talked about where rudimentary thoughts come from, right? We don't have developed circuits when we're born and through everyday experiences, we slowly develop simple circuits and they become more complex as we interact with our environment and our caregivers and we string together concepts and thoughts. And then our thoughts repeated and instilled with the idea that they're true become beliefs. I'm never gonna tell you that it's just that simple. I think I'm a perfect example of that. So the greatest influencers of my thought patterns and beliefs obviously were my family. My parents modeled love and cohesion. They were full of empathy and compassion. And when they told me I could be anything I dreamed of, I don't know if I believed them, but I was certainly spurred forward to continue to try. They modeled giving with a common theme of helping others with no strings attached. And they also demonstrated an extremely strong work ethic. Despite the fact that they were very encouraging, I possessed a lot of negative self-talk very early on. A lot of negative self-talk and anxiety. So if you had met me when I was a child, I wanted to be a fly on the wall, but I did not want anyone to notice me. And any time that I made a mistake or was perceived as though I had done something negative oh man I would beat myself up so badly internally I mean it was just horrible things coming out so a lot of therapy during my childhood years later I had beaten that back and really possessed more self-compassion than I previously had had by expecting myself to never make a mistake like I did as a child, that was perfectionism. And so through therapy, I learned more self-compassion and to dampen the perfectionism. But then I went to medical school. And I will never forget my first third year rotation was the surgery service rotation. And in one of my first few days, rounding I was given a patient to present at rounds last minute five to ten minutes before the attending was supposed to be there so I didn't have a chance to look at the chart 
I just ran and examined the patient. And the intern told me whatever information I was supposed to know. Here's what happened on rounds. Through the process of presenting, the attending then turns and asks me a question about his kidney function. And I did not know that the patient only had one kidney. So he points this out to me. Well, this is a really big deal because this man only has one kidney. And I was sitting there going, oh, okay. And I I thought I had learned something and that's all there was to it. But no, that was not all there was to it. I was pegged as a student that didn't care and that didn't understand the gravity of the situation. And I am not kidding when I say these made it into my reviews. I was given a C on the surgery rotation and I actually had a conference with one of the surgeons as I was finishing to try to talk through this. And essentially what I was told is because I didn't fall apart or show a significant amount of remorse that I didn't know the man only had one kidney. They questioned whether I was cut out for the job. Now, I, of course, wanted to know about this patient, but I also recognized that I was learning and like not even a resident yet. So my own expectations for myself was to show up, authentically me, try the best that I can, and learn as much as I possibly can. I definitely think I did that. However, I also received the message that perfectionism was expected in training. And that if you made a mistake, that must mean that you don't care. Let that sit in for a minute. If, as a trainee, you made a mistake, that equals you must not care about your patient. So whatever perfectionism I had dampened before came back in concentrated form. It had never been higher. And as a result, my negative self-talk came right back. But see, one of the other things that I learned is to not feel my feelings. And the primitive brain is really great about doing this whole autopilot thing. You know, it goes on autopilot so that you can go about your day without the whole thing seeming fresh all the time. It also does that autopilot mode to try to protect us. I mean, let's be real. There is a place in our brain that is essentially like having a colonoscopy and being on Versed. And then you basically wake up after having this camera up your hiney and you can tell that there's some sort of discomfort, but you're sitting there going, oh, I had an amazing sleep and you don't remember the camera being up your hiney. That's the primitive brain in fight or flight protection. So that negative self-talk almost serves a purpose, right? Because the primitive brain is 
hiding the thoughts. They're staying under the surface. But those thoughts are creating feelings that push us into actions which promote perfectionism. And of course, healthcare professionals are going to expect perfectionism from themselves because they are holding people's lives in their hands. So this is quite a conundrum because as a healthcare professional, society and we as a profession expect ourselves to be perfect. But we also know that perfection is impossible because we are humans and therefore inherently imperfect. And the whole goal of high reliability organizations is to try to control for this human element and create the Swiss cheese model where if one failsafe fails, you have multiple other failsafes. And so the holes of the Swiss cheese would all have to align in order for an error to happen. But they do happen. And even though we expect ourselves to be perfect and society would echo that, errors happen. And then we have to figure out how do we reconcile this fact. So when a medical professional makes an error, or even the system makes an error, the healthcare professional tends to be roasted in a public forum. And the system in which the error happened and all the systemic issues are rarely emphasized. Healthcare professionals are expected to be perfect in an imperfect system. And when we care so much about it, because we do, lives are on the line, then that perfectionism permeates our home life. It becomes something that we can't just turn off at the spigot every time that we leave. And so then we expect ourselves to be all things to everyone. The perfect spouse, the president of the PTA, make every birthday. We tell ourselves we should be able to do it all. And here is where we do ourselves the greatest harm. Because remember, I said the word should, so that means it's part of the manual. And when that becomes our expectation of self, that we are capable of doing all things, even if there's only 24 hours in a day, when that becomes our expectation, the negative self-talk gets even stronger. And because we've learned to suppress our feelings, we don't really notice except for that we feel badly. And because our brain likes to protect us, it gives us a little bit of internal versed, even while we're having the colonoscopy in our brain. Sometimes our brain is just a dick. So it's said that failure is our best teacher, but how do we harness those lessons in a profession where failure equals loss of life or professional incompetence or negligence? And this is where I say it's about creating and nurturing self-compassion yet again. Compassion for self is the yin to perfectionism's yang. But ultimately, the only way to survive in a profession where the stakes are so high 
is to give yourself permission to be kind to yourself when you're hurting. Because there's a lot of suffering in healthcare professionals. So let's talk about how self-compassion is defined. And if you're not familiar with her, Kristen Neff is one of the foremost researchers regarding self-compassion, and she has a wonderful website, which I highly recommend you checking out. She defines self-compassion as being warm and understanding towards ourselves when we suffer, fail, or feel inadequate, rather than ignoring our pain or flagellating ourselves with self-criticism. I'm just going to be real. I think most healthcare professionals would have a very hard time doing that. Typically, healthcare professionals tend to minimize our own suffering. We're taught to disconnect and subjugate our own needs, health, and well-being in order to benefit our patients in the healthcare system. So we're constantly saying, me last. Secondly, we tend to compare our suffering to others. And so this is another time I'm going to say that's a comparing mind thought. But by comparing our suffering to another, we invalidate our own feelings. And so I'm going to give you an example. Let's say that you're a critical care nurse or a critical care physician, and you're going through a divorce. And what you'll be telling yourself is, well, at least I'm not sitting here on the vent, possibly dying, like the patient I'm caring for. Now, I don't disagree that those are in two different categories, but here's the point. There is no competition for suffering. Suffering is just suffering, right? Both the patient who may be dying and the person who's getting a divorce deserve compassion. They're entitled to compassion. And by comparing their suffering and attempting to measure it, we invalidate it. So how do we cultivate self-compassion? Kristen Neff would describe that there are three foundational elements. Kindness towards self, mindfulness, which within mindfulness is the recognition of our suffering, and finally, recognition of our common humanity. So how do we move towards that goal? Well, if we want to recognize our own suffering, recognize our common humanity, and show kindness towards ourselves, it again comes back to we have to manage our thoughts. In last week's episode, I asked the question, who's living in your head and do you want them there? And I'm just going to tell you, I vividly remember that surgery attending's name and what he looks like. And he's been living in my head a really long time. The consequence of him living in my head was that I not only conformed to that culture within medicine, but then I taught it to interns that I was supervising. And that is a horrible disservice because we have to break the culture, this toxic culture that's within medicine. And the only way it's going to happen is if we can stop teaching the trainees the same habits, beliefs, cultures. We have to teach them something new. So here is my idea. We already teach students 
to evaluate articles and data with critical thinking. We look at the studies and evidence and decide if we feel they're valid. So let's teach them to think about other people's opinions scientifically before we validate them as our own and own them. Because really, other people's words are like Charlie Brown and Snoopy. Wah, wah, wah. Until we have a thought about it. So when that attending basically expressed that I didn't care, a part of me thought that must be true. And I spent over a decade after that trying to be perfect to prove that I cared enough. It is that much more meaningful to have an authority figure encourage a person to evaluate another person's opinion scientifically before we validate it and own it as ours. Getting to that place is likely going to require you to evacuate those that have been living in your head. And so that means that you're going to look into the past and the things you've heard and what you made them mean. And you have to try to restore it back to the wah, wah, wah phase. If you can do that, you may come to the place that I have, which is I'm a healthcare professional and I'm an imperfect human being. And while I can't be perfect, I'm going to be enough for people. And my imperfection that makes me human is some of the most amazing parts of being a doctor. It is some of the parts that allow me to connect with patients in ways that I could never have connected them without other lived experiences. What if you recognized your imperfection but saw it as your hidden talent? What if you recognized your own suffering, no matter if someone outside of you does? What if you validated it for yourself? What if you learn to be compassionate with yourself at the moment that your brain is being an absolute dick and you probably need it most? What if you decided that you were worthy and deserving of compassion for yourself? Purge the perfectionism. This is my battle cry. I'm not doing it anymore, and I'm inviting you to join me. That's all I have for you today, my tribe, but I do have a special ask. If you have been a regular listener of the podcast and it's resonating with you and you feel that it is benefit, I'm going to ask you to be a part of my VIP launch. If you have not already, I would really appreciate you writing a review on whatever platform you're listening. Hit the subscribe button or copy this episode and share it on your social media. Any effort that you make towards sharing this helps it go higher on the algorithm on the publishing platforms. I feel strongly about the mission of helping healthcare professionals who are feeling very disempowered find their empowerment again 
and feel better. So if you too believe in this mission and you feel the podcasts are helpful, please help me in getting the word out. As always, I am right here rooting for you. I'd love to hear from you. Please don't hesitate to look me up on social media and friend me. You will find me as Ella Catherine Whaley or Freedom for Physicians. See you next week. Are you ready to start making progress, forging the path to the life you choose? Well, visit me at freedomforphysicians.com. Here you will find free resources and guides for any healthcare professional ready to get started. As always, I'd love to hear from you, so don't hesitate to reach out.